met directly my mom. i hope uh, sooner i will be uh, coming to tirupur and address physically because i think uh, the virtual meetings you no know, beyond a point of time uh, i think man is being basically a social animal we always wants to interact on a one to one basis or direct basis so uh, i think see we used to uh, tease our uh, boys and uh, students and sons and daughters we are always in laptop always in mobile fortunately for whatever reason for the last 15 months i think they will be i think the karma is playing on us and how so they have started asking why you are always in laptop or <laughs> always in <laughs> mobile so therefore so that's the state unfortunately all of us are forced to be in but nevertheless i'm sure that uh, these two will pass idum kadandu pogum adin solanga mari i think having said this i think uh, so let us keep our uh, guard carefully because definitely we, life has to move on and we cannot remain in house forever but having said this uh, uh, i think we have to exercise some caution uh, uh, because of the fact that i i know the pains of it because last year in the same month uh, july uh, so personally there was twin losses uh, july 5th and july 23rd uh, therefore uh, for those who have not experienced they will not know it's it's virtually turned uh the life upside down i think it's a very difficult this thing to uh, actually you know it's very easy to say that yes life has to move on all those things but you had asked people like me who actually suffered a big loss out of it and they will know the pain of it so therefore my humble request is uh, i definitely know no one says that life has to move on we have to do our uh, work and all these things are right but uh so we have to understand the difference between uh, the need and the wants that's all that's always a very thin dividing line uh, so therefore take some precaution and uh, definitely so we have ensured that in our office only people who are vaccinated comes to our office uh, and articles and all they're not vaccinated say so that you can work from home so all precautions uh, is needed on account of uh, this thing sorry that uh, or that i'm since i i'm sharing because of the fact that incidentally uh, both the persons are also chartered accountants so so therefore it's, it's always been uh, you know like uh, generally my first you know uh, introductory this thing though starts on a sober note but it's more out of the caution and love and affection with all of you and how things have dramatically changed so in july itself if you know nowadays i so you get a, a kind of psychological feeling uh, when july comes uh, so it was june 23rd to july 23rd of last year was terrible for us uh, so so therefore be careful stay safe and of course we can with, with safety you can still do whatever you want to do uh, as the chairman rightly put uh, so on one side notwithstanding all these things the government will continue in the name of ease of doing business uh, uh, the ease is definitely is it really there is a question so uh, it's a very important point do we need these kind of provisions at this point in time that's a very important question but nevertheless uh, they desire to do it and we have no option what is not in our control you can't do anything at best what we can do is uh, try to understand what the section and find out how we can comply with the same and make our clients comply with the same so it all started in the last year uh, on 1st october 2020 uh, when they introduced the tcs provisions and at that point of time itself i specifically told that i think uh, it's just the beginning uh, the section will get extended but i thought they will continue to expand the scope of 206c1h 
uh, and at that point of time, they might bring in the TDS section also. That was what I uh, predicted. I, I would have been very happy if my prediction had gone wrong, but unfortunately, the prediction came true. Uh, and you can be rest assured that the threshold limit will also come down. It's just a beginning. You can find out in the coming budget, the limit will be further reduced. So it's not going to be 10 crores. That will be further reduced. And it will not be 50 lakhs. It will be further reduced. Uh, it's just, it's going to be, it is not the question of, you know, you sometimes you may come back and say something, actually uh, do something different. Though they may claim this is not for the purposes of uh, revenue, but I'm sure that this is one of the revenue raising measures. So though possibly they might say this more for a different purposes, uh, more fake invoices, uh, GST problems and all this stuff is a reason for introduction. But at the same time, the government also needs revenue. So it is also a revenue raising measure. If that be the case, obviously you will expect the threshold limit also to come down going forward. I am sure that the coming budget, the 10 crores and 50 lakhs will be further reduced. And the scope of this section is only going to get further extended. So uh, the background to the section, I will just uh, leave it uh, to the branch for you to circulate with uh, yourself. I think the, but I think we'll start with, of course, before we go to the current section with the chairman of saying on 1st July 2021, uh, the precursor to the section was 206C1H, uh, which is TCS on sale of goods. That's why the trailer started. Then, of course, it got extended in the TDS also, adding a little bit more to the uh, confusion. So, of course, uh, they tried to clarify the clarification. All of us, uh, so we know that 1st July 2021, uh, the section came into existence and uh, the clarification issued on 30th of June. That's the terrific speed at which we got the clarification. Uh, having said this, we will first go to 206C1H because the understanding of this section is very important for the purpose of understanding of section. 194Q. Uh, so every person being a seller who receives any amount as consideration for sale of goods exceeding 50 lakhs in any previous year. So to apply the provisions of 206C1H must be every person. That person has to be a seller and the seller must be in receipt of any amount as a consideration for sale of goods exceeding 50 lakhs in any previous year. Other than the goods which are exported out of India or the goods which are covered in subsection 1 or 1F or 1G shall at the time of receipt of such amount collect from the buyer 0.1% of the sale consideration exceeding 50 lakhs as income tax. So basically, uh, the section was introduced. They were just trying to, instead of, uh, as all of us are aware of, there was no TDS on purchases because uh, under 194C, TDS will apply for works contract. Under 194J, TDS will apply for professional services, technical services, royalty, etc. The purchase of goods or the sales were never covered by the TDS or the TCS provisions. So therefore, they uh, decided to bring the sale. Uh, apparently, uh, section was introduced predominantly for the purposes of there were a lot of uh, input tax credit that have been wrongly claimed by raising the fake invoices. The government thought one way of possibly uh, 
curbing this could be the introduction of the TCS route. So therefore, they said that if you are a seller and you received consideration exceeding 50 lakhs in any previous year, shall at the time of receipt of such amount collect from the buyer 0.1% of the sale consideration exceeding 50 lakhs. So uh, pre precisely that's what they're saying. By saying at 0.1%, obviously they're trying to come back and say the intention of the section is not to collect revenue. It's more for the purposes of reporting purposes or the trail or transaction activity tracked better rather than a source of collection of revenue. Uh, so in the event of PAN or other number is not purchased, uh, then the rate will go up to 1%, which is 10 times. So uh, for a brief period, of course, due to the last COVID, if the, uh, the transaction happens between 14th the day of May 2020 to 31st March 2021, even the section itself came only from 1st October 2020, so you will be applying 75% of the rate specified. So of course, not applicable from 1st April 2021. Now the provisions of this subsection shall not apply if the buyer is liable to deduct tax at source under any other provisions of this act on the goods purchased by him or from the seller and has deducted such amount. <clears throat> So it's very important to note this particular point. So in order to apply this particular point, the provisions of this subsection, they're trying to mean 2061, it shall not apply. If the buyer is liable to deduct tax at source under any other provisions of this act on the goods purchased by him, from the seller and as deducted such amount. Uh, in the recent clarification, board has clarified uh, 194O-206C1H-184Q. If all the three sections become applicable, which section should apply? So they've clarified 194O will apply because of course the rate of TDS in the 194 O is much higher than that of 206C1H or 184Q. Therefore, the first section to be applied will be 194O. If 194O is not applicable, then 194Q. If 194Q is not applicable, then 206C1H. So therefore, the order of preference is going to be 194O, 194Q and 206C1H. Uh, I think it is also... Uh, clear in the section also because the provisions of this section that is 206C1H shall not apply if the buyer is liable to deduct tax or source under any other provisions of this act on the goods purchased by him from the seller and very interestingly and has deducted such amount. See the language used in the section that he has deducted. See there is a possibility of Tax is deductible, assuming that the 10 crore and 50 lakhs limit is crossed. The buyer has to deduct tax at source. Now, what if the buyer who is liable to deduct tax at source has failed to do the same? Ideally, the wording in the section should have been deductible. So, in that particular case, the obligation is on the buyer because the board has clarified you should apply only 194Q if both the sections become applicable. So if 194Q and 206C1H both are applicable, you should apply only 194Q. That's what they've clarified. But if you read this section, it says, 
201H will not apply only if the buyer is liable to deduct tax or source under any other provision of this act on the goods purchased by him from the seller and has deducted such amount. What if the buyer whose liable deduct is not deducted, the department would come back and say, well, you have to still apply the provisions. You should have taken from the buyer that, okay, did you deduct? No, then I will collect. So therefore, I think they're trying to cast the duty, unfortunately, here. Ideally, the wording should have been, if the buyer has a liability, then the seller should not be subject to TCS at all. But that is not the language of the section. That's why I've just highlighted the language use section is deducted such amount. So therefore, uh, that's one very interesting point you can observe. Uh, the seller means a person whose total sales, gross receipts, or turnover from the business carried on by him exceed 10 crore rupees during the financial year, preceding the financial year in which the sale of goods is carried out, not being the person as a central government by notification specifying this behalf. So basically the seller has to be a person whose total sales, gross receipts or turnover from the business carried on by him exceed 10 crores. So therefore the section is very clear that turnover from business alone has to be considered. During the financial year, immediately preceding the financial year. So if it is 21-22 financial year, you have to see 20-21. So which logically puts us a question, what will happen if financial year 21-22 is my first year? Will the section apply? Obviously, the section cannot apply because to apply the section, the necessity for us to check whether in 2021, if you are looking at 21-22, whether in 2021, whether your turnover exists. If you 2021, if you're not in business, the question of applying the section obviously does not arise. So buyer means a person who purchases any goods, but does not include central government, state government, embassy, local authority, a person importing goods, or any other person as a central government by notification specified. So most important point is that if you're an importer, the section will not apply. So for importing of goods, other than that, of course, uh, possibly they are uh, routine exceptions only. So, <clears throat> so when the section was introduced, quite a lot of questions uh, arising. So just I try to list uh, them. So whether the section will apply for the sales made before the 1st October 2020. So whether the amount received prior to 1st October 2020 be considered for the purpose of the limit of 50 lakhs. So whether TCS is could be collected on the entire amount or only on the amount in excess of 50 lakhs. So whether you have to consider GST also for determining the turnover across receipts. So whether TCS will be inclusive of GST or on the base amount only. Now, can you include the TCS in invoice or you can raise a separate debit note? And in case if you decide to raise a debit note, whether you should also charge GST on the same. Now, whether the services sale also covered and in case if it is covered or not covered, so whether for the turnover of 10 crores, whether that will be included, the sale of services. So typically, so one of uh, our client sells computers as well as also does AMC. 
so their amc revenue is going to be much more than the uh, sale of the money is made more only in the amc contract not uh, on the, the sale of computers with amazon and flipkart it's very difficult for you to make margin in the sale of your uh, box you have to make the killing only out of the services so obviously they will have a question whether that will also be subject to tcs and in, in that particular case whether it's subject and even if it is not well i have to take into account for the limit of 10 crores so whether the credit for tcs uh, collected can be adjusted against the regular payment of tax and if is in which year the same is going to be available can a lower rate of tcs be applied uh, so i think whether the uh, 187b type so whether it's also going to be applicable for that 75% will also apply for pan aadhar not been furnished so whether sales made to sub this is either subject to tcs and whether sale of shares subject to tcs this has quite a lot of issues all of us would have encountered maybe like uh, most of it could have been already uh, known to your department but just for bringing it along the comparison of 184q at the clarification came recently i'm just trying to take all the issues and of course the audit for 2021 would not be complete uh, therefore i still believe that this question still becomes relevant because of the fact that uh, we can still find out whether we can rectify this now uh, in the event of any of this not been considered at that point of time so since the financial has not come to an end still this issue becomes more relevant and even otherwise for 194q purposes for a comparison this becomes relevant so now the why this question uh, the question basically arises because unlike uh, 184q where the uh, where the tds is going to be at the time of credit or payment whichever is earlier tcs will apply only on the receipt of the consideration so uh, so therefore the issue becomes a little bit more interesting uh, i might have already done the sales prior to 1st october 2020 so i might have received the same after 1st october 2020 whether i should collect tcs so one equation which arises now without me raising the invoice uh, how i will be in a position to collect the tcs that becomes a very important point because the issue was also raised Uh, and of course there was a clarification the clarification was pretty interesting now the issue arises because the obligation of uh, the tax is linked with the receipt of the consideration now since the sale consideration received post first october 2020 the view would be the obligation to collect gets triggered on such amounts also but the real challenge here could be i would not have raised in my invoice the tcs component of it so therefore how to get it now in my view even today i think definitely there will be litigation on this particular point i'm sure that uh, the courts will have to interfere and clarify this particular point because of the fact that a lot of people uh, were not able to actually collect the same so therefore surely we can expect some uh, element of litigation here now since the payments pertain to the period prior to 1st of 2020 when the section itself is not applicable uh, so therefore in my view though despite the clarification from the board the tcs should not apply on such amount so in order to trigger it should be sale sold and received at first october 2020 rather than all receipts after first october 2020 uh, 
And to substantiate this particular point, the additional amount is to be collected from the buyer and without raising an invoice, it is not possible for me to collect. So, of course, the department could always come back and say, you can raise a debit note and therefore you can still collect it. Uh, but of course, we all know practically how the business operates, especially in the normal circumstances itself. We all know that people always find reasons for delaying the amount, uh, including our invoices. So they will come back and say that your education says it's not split. So your invoices in font size 11, 12, so many things people have invent reasons for delaying the payment. If that be the case, uh, one which I have not charged, getting that is always going to be a more challenging one. So uh, these are some very strong reasons to say that the payment for sales made for the period prior to 1st October 2020 should not be subject to TCS. But however, what could be the department's view, which has also been clarified through their clarification? So there is a very important point. So, so what they are trying to say is a very interesting point. So for making it subject to TCS, uh, I think they gave a very uh, interesting. They, they just try to give it as if it is a benefit given to us. I think the way in which they try to sell is very interesting. As a seller, in most of the cases, maintains a running account of the buyer in which payments are generally not linked with a particular sale. I, I think, uh, should the board, how the board came to know all these things, we do not know. Uh, therefore, in order to simplify ease of compliance, see, this is something quite amazing. So, they made a beautiful uh, point. So, so, therefore, they just tried to create as if we are doing this for simplification. In order to simplify and ease the complaints, at least they could have simply said to apply. But the reason looks uh, very interesting for me. In order to simplify and ease the complaints of the company, it may be noted that this TCS provision shall be applicable on the amount of all sale consideration received on or after 1st October 2020 without making any adjustment for the amount received in respect of sales made before 1st October 2020. So mandating the collector to identify and exclude the amount in respect of sales made up to 30th September 2020 from the amount received on or after 1st October 2020 would have resulted into undue compliance burden for the collector and also litigation. I think this particular clarification from the board, I think supports my point that, see what they're trying to say, see generally most people will not be in a position to bifurcate. Therefore, I am only giving a concession to you. I am just trying to do only a favor to you. That favor is don't confuse, don't break your head. This on all receipts after 1st October 2020, you collect. But if you read, this looks more to be a concession. Just read the, uh, the points which are very important. So in... <clears throat> So I will just uh, show some pointer here. So if you just look at this, is to simplify and ease the complaints of the collector. So therefore, uh, this seems to be more a beneficial provision is what they're trying to say. So therefore, if I'm able to maintain uh, separately, if I'm able to clearly earmark, I don't need this concession because this they say that only for my benefit. They're not saying that, no, 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 it's, it's our problem. It's only it's to, I'm solving your problem. 
so therefore i have no problem at all i in my accounting package maintain bill to bill i have no problems at all i will be question to identify so therefore i don't need this concession so now look at the next point also mandating the collector to identify and exclude in respect of 30 september from amount received would have resulted into undue compliance burden so therefore i think this clarification is more for the purposes of i don't want you to break your head that's all i am making things easier for you okay fine i i am a complicated person i want to things complicated i i am able to bifurcate i have no problems at all i am able to identify in that particular case what should be the provision the clarification is only says for your benefit i'm doing i'm not saying that's how the section is what if i don't have a section you are going to suffer i'm not going to suffer i'm maintaining all the data perfectly in that case so therefore in my view so if you are able to bifurcate and if you are able to do that the section will apply only for the sales made after first october 2020 and received after 1st october 2020 only the two points which i shown shaded in yellow very clearly shows this seems to be for your benefit and that is not the way they want the section to be that's a point so moving on whether the threshold limit of 50 lakhs to be considered only from the sales made from 1st october 2020 or for the prior period also uh, i think way back from 1994 uh this is the kind of stand they have been taking for quite some time in fact the first time the clarification uh, came for 194 i uh, when it was introduced from first to 1994 uh because when you are trying to introduce the section from the middle of the year so always equation will arise as one whether section will apply only from that particular date the answer is yes but invariably we all know the section uses about the aggregate amount paid or payable during the financial year so at 194 i itself they clarified though the section uh, from 161994 uh, the section will apply from 161994 but for applying the threshold limit i'll take from 1st of april i think to be very fair to the board and this has been the stand they've been consistently taking uh, i don't think uh, we had any issue at all though there is a clarification the section uses the words receives any amount as consideration for sale of goods exceeding 50 lakhs in any previous year so therefore for the 50 lakhs limit you also take in account whatever amount you receive from 1st of april to 30th of september but tcs will apply only on the amount received after 1st october 2020 so it will not apply for the amount which you have collected prior to 1st october 2020 now so how will the tcs will be collected so only on the amount received for example a seller received 1 crore before 1st october 2020 from a particular buyer receives 5 lakhs after 1st october 2020 now the question is how do you make it so 50 lakhs in excess of 50 lakhs it come to 55 lakhs but what you received out of 1st october is only 5 lakhs so therefore the clarification makes it very clear that you have to collect only on 5 lakhs so it also broadly confirms their understanding that 50 lakhs is more like a threshold limit and once you cross the threshold limit section will apply only for the excess amount it's not on the entire amount maybe if you take the case of 194j for the 31000 the section will apply on the entire 31000 
So once you cross the threshold limit, whether it is 194i or j or any section, uh, the section becomes applicable on the entire amount. But that is not the case in the case of this section. So again, the most important point here is that whether for the purposes of 10 crores of turnover, uh, whether I have to consider the GST or not. Again, we have to go by the guidance note of the Institute with the reference to the tax audit. So same methodology we can adopt. Uh, <clears throat> if the seller indicates a price excluding GST, the same is required separately, the same need not have to be included for the purpose of determining the turnover or processes of sales. So obviously, you cannot include GST, so we, we have to follow only the exclusive method, not inclusive method. So of course, this is based on the clarification of the Institute in tax audit also. But the most important point, so whether I should also include GST or the purpose of my TCS. Uh, that's a very, suppose if my sales is 100 and 18 is my uh, GST, uh, should I have to take it on 118 or on 100? Uh, of course, the most logical interpretation should have been, uh, that's what we would have expected the board to clarify, that it should be only on the 100, not on 118. Because uh, GST by no stretch of imagination can be said to be your consideration. So therefore, the logic demands that GST should not be included for the purposes of TCS. But interestingly, the circle number 17, dated 29th of September 2020, uh, as far as at least you can be very happy that for TCS, the clarification the section was applicable 1st October, circular was issued on 29th of September. Whereas in the case of uh, TDS 184Q from 1st of October, the clarification by which was circular number 13 of 2021, that was on 30th, uh, 30th of June. Uh, so this is very interesting and why the board has to take the last day or the one before that to clarify is something uh, which is very surprising. Uh, nevertheless, TCS 29th of September for 1st October applicability. TDS in the 194Q, 30th June, whereas the section was applicable 1st of July. But the clarification, see, we, we were not going to get enough time to understand the clarification and represent to them. So that is the point they have to understand. So you give some clarification, that could be a clarification, record on that clarification. In fact, most of the time, the clarification actually causes more clarification. So, but however, when you give it the last minute, it is not possible for anybody to react. In fact, we have to communicate to the client. So after receiving something on 29th of September, if I'm going to send on 30th September, assuming that I'm so fast, the client asks the question, sir, the section applicable 1st October, you are sending a note on uh, 30th September night. How can we follow, sir? That is the day on which I got the clarification. So I think that also becomes very difficult for us to explain. So, uh, however, they very, very clearly mentioned that no adjustment on account of sales return or discount or indirect taxes, including GST is required to be made for collection of tax under 206C1H of the Act, since a collection is made with reference to the receipt of amount of sale consideration. In my view, this position is in contrary to the principles which were given or taken for the TDS, why at circular number 23 of 2017, dated 19th July, that there is no requirement for TDS 
for GST, for TDS purposes, I made it very clear that service tax or GST will not be considered if the payment is made to a resident. Because uh, <clears throat> earlier you may be aware of, uh, initially they said this will not apply only for 194i, circular number 4 over 2008. Subsequently, over uh, what they have done is they have extended this all resident payments on the recommendations or on the suggestion made by the Rajasthan High Court, which made a beautiful point. Concierge service tax is part of your professional fees. So therefore, the scope of not including service tax has got to be extended to all sections. In the light of the Rajasthan High Court judgment, the board has immediately acted swiftly on this particular point. Uh, I think they've circle number one by 2014. Uh, so where they said that service tax will not be considered for TDS for any resident payments. And post the introduction of uh, GST, the circle number 23 of 2017, dated July 19, 2017. So if you just look at the sequence, circle number 4 by 2008, which is only for 184i, then circle number 1 by 2014 for all resident payments. And then you have circle number 23 of 2014, extending the service tax clarification or circular to GST also. But whereas the same has not been considered for the purpose of TCS. When it comes to the question of TCS, they're just trying to make a very important point that you should also include GST. So, which is very, very unfortunate. Uh, but nevertheless, that is what their clarification. So, we are entitled to still dispute this particular point as well. Uh, and I, my, my strong feeling is that GST should not be taken because it's at no stretch of imagination is a part of your self-consideration. So we are only acting as an agent, collecting from the other person and debit the account. So whether TCS should be included invoice or a debit note to be raised, uh, ideally it should be charged in the invoice itself. However, since the obligation ticket one day on receipt, debit note option can also be considered for a better track. So uh, what we have suggested you know, for clients is one of those. Uh, <clears throat> but the only question which arises now, suppose if I raise a debit note for the TCS, whether or not should I have to apply GST? So, of course, this time uh, the CBAC uh, is clarified to circle number 76 bar 50 bar 2018. The TCS is not a tax on goods, but an interim levy on the possible income arising from sale of goods by the buyer and to be adjusted against final income tax liability of the buyer. And therefore, no GST is required on the TCS component of it. So I think that's a important clarification from CBIC, which we can rely upon the event of you going for debit note route to raise the TCS. Now, whether sale of services is also covered by the section, whether turnover of services will also be included for considering 10 crore limiter. So this is a very important point. So there is a clarification which has come in 194Q. Uh, of course, what we asked and what they clarified uh, looks to be slightly different. Uh, but we'll come to that at the time of 194Q, uh, their latest, the latest clarification of the same. Now, it's very clear the section does not cover services. It covers only sale of goods. But however, uh, the turnover from business is the language used. If I just quickly go to the section, just for the benefit of all of us, uh, just for the understanding of the section. So if you see this particular point, uh, the third bullet point, who receives any amount as a consideration for sale of goods exceeding 50 lakhs in the previous year. So therefore, for applying the section, it should be only for receipt of the consideration for sale of goods. There is no doubt about it. But however, 
when you see the application of the section whose total sales are gross receipts or turnover from the business carried on by him exceed 10 crore rupees during the financial year immediate present the financial year uh, i think there seems to be a slight dichotomy here section applies only for receipt of consideration for sale of goods but for applicability of the section the section seems to be talking about your total sales of gross receipts or turnover from the business taking my example which i already said so one of our client sells computers and they also as a part of their thing uh, do execute amc contracts as i told you the margin is substantial only in the amc contract obviously the box doesn't give you big margin and the margin shrinked consequent to or amazon and flipkart virtually this is almost no margin type of the things in fact there is no retail market at all it's, it's only an enterprise market uh, you can cater to it you can't do retail at all so it has to be an enterprise and the enterprise more buys from you uh, more for the amc and the services you're going to do and they're not going to buy for the computer they can as well buy from amazon directly at a much lesser price especially when the number of computers going to be more they're going to sell so only reason they come to you is because you are going to be always available 24 by 7 365 for the maintenance and services so the issue here is one whether it is applicable for uh, the amc the answer maybe 194 it's also because of tds provisions of 194 c is also going to be applicable it's a different story i am not getting into that but even otherwise the section will not apply because of the fact that it is not a, a goods it's only a services the second point is whether a sale of amc should it be considered for the 10 crore limit i think that is where the department could take a stand though the section is applicable only for the consideration uh, the language used the section is turnover from the business so they can't say this is not that business this is also that business so therefore for turnover purposes the department to cater to uh, could take a stand that the section <clears throat> the tcs will not apply for applying the turnover limit still they might come to a point that you have to include the sale of services also so for the turnover limit they must still say services sales should be also included though the section itself is applicable only for the receipt of consideration for sale of goods so okay whether the tcs can be adjusted against your regular payment of tax and if that be the case so in which year you can take the credit for the tcs as far as tds is concerned of course there is no problems at all because we all know that there is a specific provision section 199 of the income tax act which specifically provides the credit for tds will be available in the year in which income is offered for tax so to that extent all of us are very familiar with 199 of the income tax act late into the tds part of it but what about the tcs part of it 264 speaks is very clear that any amount collected in accordance with the provisions of this section and paid to the credit of central government shall be deemed to be the payment of tax on behalf of the person from whom the amount has been collected and the credit shall be given to such person for the amount so collected in a particular assessment year in accordance with the rules as may be prescribed so therefore 264 wants you to refer to the rules and when you go to the rule 37 i2a which very clearly specifies that 
206C1F1G1H credit can be claimed from to the person from whom the amount collected paid to the central government for the assessment relevant to the previous year in which tax collection is made. So therefore, you can claim the credit for the TCS in the year in which the tax is collected at source. And it's not going to be uh, like your TDS where it's going to be available in the year in which the income is offered for tax. But here, the income in year with the tax collection is paid. In fact, uh, if, if that is my strongest recommendation to the government, even for TDS also, I think we have to avoid this complexity of this 199, the year in which you should offer the income for tax. The simple uh, mechanism they could adopt. I think this is what they should also do it for TDS also. That's my humble view. They should give the credit for TDS in the year in which the tax is deducted and remitted. I think that, that way the law becomes much simpler. All these complexities of reconciling. So we have learned in our 11th standard reconciliation between cash book and bank book, VRS. Then when we started coming to intermediate, we started learning about uh, reconciliation between financial profit and costing profit. So now, uh, after this, uh, now form 26 says and all, we have got another new reconciliation which has started. TDS as per books, TCS, the reconciliation between the two. I, I think the more simpler, easier could be like what we have in the case of a TCS. In the year in which TDS deducted, forget about in the which year we are offering for tax. Year in which TDS, see the government has got the amount of tax. That has been all remitted to you. That's all simple. In that year, you adjust the TDS. At the end of the day, the government has already collected the tax. It has received the amount. In that year, if they adjust, if the law becomes more simple and more easier. I think uh, they could simply follow the TCS rule. That's my humble view, which I've been uh, definitely recommending for quite some time. Uh, though, of course, no changes have been made till now. So whether uh, buyer can apply for low rate of TCS, uh, low rate of TCS is not available for 206C1H. It's available only for 206C1 or 1C. Because already the rate is only 0.1% and I don't think uh, they can give nil or anything. So that could be the reason for the same. So you don't have any other thing. So I'll skip the previous part because it's later the last year. Uh, whether the sales made to AZZ is subject to TCS, uh, it looks like the answer is yes. Since the sale is made to ACZ or uh, not export out of India, TCS will apply. But there is an interesting clarification which they have given, which they also say it's applicable for 2061H also, but that clarification is given under 184Q. And in 184Q clarification, when they made, they also said this clarification applies to 2061H also. Therefore, I'll come back to this particular point. Uh, though I said yes, since the sales made TSA not export out of India, TCS will apply. In the light of the clarification by the board and the 194Q, uh, it is possible for us to take a slightly different stand. We'll come to that a little bit later when we try to take 194Q. So that's a very interesting point. Whether sale of shares is subject to TCS, uh, other shares, because all of us will be aware of very famous case of uh, Tata Consultant Services or TCS. So where Supreme Court held that shares is also goods. So therefore, in the light of that decision of the Supreme Court in the TCS, whether the TCS provisions will also apply for sale of shares. Uh, the board circular 17 by 2020 clarified that TCS will not apply to transactions and securities and commodities which are traded through recognized stock exchanges are cleared and settled by 
recognized clearing corporation including recognized stock exchanges or recognized clearing corporation located in international financial service center so so therefore it appears from this particular circle from the board that uh, the sale made through uh, stock exchanges the commodity stock exchanges uh, whether you are making a sale through bse nse mcx and so on and so forth that will not be subject to tcs but outside that if you make a sale of shares so if let's assume a private sale of shares happens i think there is a very strong possibility of taking a stand that tcs will apply because of the fact they are not going to be done in the stock exchanges but since the supreme court has already taken a stand that the shares are goods uh, it's possible to take a stand that tcs will apply so i think that is something which we need to consider but the sale of immoveable property subject to tcs uh, the answer is no because immoveable properties are not goods and therefore the question of applying tcs does not arise so before we uh, wind up the final thoughts about us uh, so every seller whose total sales gross receipt term business should exceed 10 crores in the preceding financial year if it is for 2021 1920 plus for 2021 2022 shall at the time of receipt of consideration for sale of any goods exceeding 50 lakhs so should collect from the buyer other than the exceptions provided so 0.07% up to 31st march then 1% thereafter as it is so the rate goes to 1% if there is no pan or other uh, <clears throat> so tcs will apply only for sale of goods not for service tcs not applicable for export of goods tcs not applicable if the buyer is liable to deduct tcs and as also deducted the same goods will also exclude those which are covered by the other provisions of 206c and based on the clarification respect of tcs provisions and on a logical basis gst should not be considered as a part of sale consideration both for the purpose of calculation of threshold and tcs however on a conservative basis due to the clarification by the central board of direct taxes you can include gst also for the purpose of tcs so <clears throat> so i'm just uh, skipping this particular side in terms of how you accounted because uh, these were the questions which were asked the last time uh, and how do we go about it so therefore i've given but i think we have more or less uh, settled on this particular point if i just skip this uh, slide I'll just leave this slide you can have any clarifications you can into that so how <clears throat> will move to the tds provisions Oh, so this is the one which is introduced from first July two thousand twenty-one. So the two hundred sixty-one inch is the curtain riser or a trailer for what's going to come in future. Uh, what I thought was they will reduce the limit in two hundred six or introduce. I gave two options uh, at the time of discussion of two hundred sixty-one inch. I said they may bring a TDS provisions also and remove two hundred sixty-one inch. Or is only a precursor, or two not six units itself? They will reduce the limit, but I never expected they will continue both the sections. And as a result of it, the first confusion for all of us should I have to apply that section or this section, or if you are a e-com operator also, uh, then whether one eighty four O also will apply. So therefore, essentially, they could have lived up with only one of them, but nevertheless, uh, they have now 
have three sections possible in purchase 194o or 2061h or 194q so in 194q which is the tds on purchase of goods rules required direct tax is a buyer so whereas if you just recall in 2061h the seller is going to collect the tcs the seller will collect the tcs but whereas here the person making the payment should deduct tds whereas the person who is in receipt of the consideration will collect the tax from you that is 2061h so here the buyer is the one who is supposed to deduct tds before making a payment threshold limit the purchase of goods of the value or aggregate of uh, such value should exceed 50 lakhs this is similar to that of what we discussed in 2061h the receipt of consideration should exceed 50 lakhs uh, here the purchase of goods rate at which the tax to be deducted is same as what we are still there 0.1% of the amount exceeding 50 lakhs will be collected here you have to deduct so applicability section applies from 1st july 2021 like most of the provisions of tds like most of the provisions of tds the point of deduction of tax at the time of credit or payment whichever is earlier the time of credit or payment whichever is earlier and the recipient has to be a resident see the recipient has to be a resident that's what is very important at the time of credit or payment whichever is earlier just recall 2061 at tax section will apply only when the amount is received but here credit or payment whichever is earlier so it's very important note for the first 3 months of this financial year 2061h will also already apply because that's applicable first october 2020 that's where the confusion is going to be who is the buyer buyer means a person whose total sales or gross receipts or turnover from the business carried on by exceed 10 crores during the financial year immediately preceding the financial year in which the purchase of goods is carried out so there the seller means a person Whose total sales or gross receipts or turnover from the business carried on exceeds 10 crores. So therefore, uh, it's a very interesting point. Uh, what we must understand there. So there is a possibility of the seller's turnover may not have exceeded 10 crores, but buyer sales would have exceeded 10 crores, or vice versa. So and maybe a situation where both buyer and seller cross the threshold limit of 10 crores. Any of them is possible. So if only the seller's turnover exceeds 261 alone will apply. And if the buyer sales exceeds, only 194 will apply. In the event of both of them satisfying this condition, as we already seen, so 261H very clearly says if the TDS is required to be deducted under any of the provisions act and the other person is deducted, then 261H will apply. That means. Even 194Q versus 2061H, 194Q will prevail over 2061H, and we also have a clarification from the board on this particular part, which we'll see shortly. So this, since we already discussed about this particular part, I'll skip this. This is a very interesting point. Uh, <clears throat> so how do you consider the uh, meaning of the term goods? because if you take the case of uh, cgst act the goods means every kind of a movable property other than money and securities but includes actionable claim whereas in the sale of goods act 
every kind of more property other than actionable claims and money so so one important question uh, because uh, maybe some, uh, there is a speculation already going on that tamil uh, nadu government uh, might introduce lottery again uh, because that's one uh, major source of revenue for the state government uh, since the lotteries are abolished now so we lose substantial amount of taxes on the same uh, so therefore uh, there is a very very strong rumors which are going on that tamil nadu may once again introduce uh, so of course like we have a long queue uh, before the tasmak shop the next thing so in uh, in my place in mailapur near the mailapur railway station uh, in those days when the lotteries were also there two places will be a huge crowd one place will be this uh, this lottery tickets uh, it's called as you know, scratch card mari kodutha panuvanga actually அங்க ஒரு பெரிய கியூ நின்றுட்டு இருக்கும் அப்படியே அந்த கியூ முடிச்சு அங்க அங்க டாஸ்க் மார்க்ல இருக்கும் it does not include actionable claims but what should i do for the tds and tcs what should i take as a question which definition i should take if i apply the cgst definition i definitely tds and tcs will apply but if i go by sale of goods act definition i will not apply because lottery is an actionable claim uh, so in my view the sale of goods act is one which you have to consider because of the fact that uh, cgst act is only for the restricted purposes of levy of cgst uh, the definition of goods is the more specific law is the sale of goods act so therefore you should go only by sog act and not by uh, cgst act and therefore uh, there won't be any any tds requirement under 194q on the lot tickets part of it uh, <clears throat> so let's just take a small thing just to relax a bit since we have all close to one hour or a break mari vechikalam the particular so nessis is a doctor who also has a clinic and also owns a medical shop the medical shop turnover is 8 crores and the turnover from clinic is 3 crores uh, whether on and if your queue applies so again uh, there is also clarification is also there so can i include my receipts of 3 crores from my uh, clinic and medical shop can they be combined the answer is in my view no because of the fact that professional receipts and turnover of goods cannot be compared but at the same time department could still make an argument that it is also a business one so therefore uh, it should be considered but this is profession one is this thing even in 44 ab they come up different clauses and a lot of times uh, the courts of l that you can't combine a plus b uh, so therefore the event of just a, a lighter side of it budget so there's also a judgment which i have given just to relax before we uh, continue with that section or, or in between or small break marichka so now so when tds is not required under section 194q uh, the tax is deductible under any of the provisions of this act that's why the board has also clarified very clearly that if 194o becomes applicable that section will prevail over this section because there the rate of tds is also very high uh, 
and similarly if any other provisions uh, i think on i4 o is the one which somewhat likely one because some in e-commerce uh, transactions so where there is a requirement to direct tds in that section the tax is collectible under section 206c other than the transaction to which 206c 1h applies therefore it's absolutely they made it very clear so that's why the board has also clarified this on the order or which section to be applied so if tds is deducted under either provisions go under that provision 2060 other than 2060 1h if there is a tcs provision supplies then tcs will apply but if 2061h versus 194q it's only 194q and central government might also specify uh, people in the notified people will be outside so therefore uh, again we have a long uh, list of uh, questions uh, issues which are based on the clarifications from the board a day before the section came into effect circular number 13 of 2021 guess if you want to make a reference so whether section will apply for purchases or advance made or received before 1st july 2021 same like you, you might see that's just the same kind of questions we already had in the case of 2061h modified for the purposes of 194q now in the case of 2061h the section applies for any receipt of consideration on or after 1st october 2020 that is 194q mandates the deduction of tds at the time of credit of payment whichever is earlier from 1st july 2021 so therefore the board has clarified that any sum credited or paid before 1st july 2021 then that transaction will not be subject to the provisions of 194q oh this is a very interesting point in 2061h what we are concerned about any receipt after 1st october 2020 we are not bothered about when did the transaction happen if you go purely by the board circle but when it comes to question of 194q if you have received or if you have credited before 1st july before 1st july the section will apply so what is very important if either of the two events had happened before 1st july 2020 for example you receive advance of 40 lakhs before 1st july for which the invoice is raised and goods are supplied after 1st july 2021 194q will not apply for that transaction that is what is very important from the board clarification this is not my version it's board itself has said if any of the two events what are the two events which they talk about either the payment or the credit whichever occurs earlier say any one of them then you will not be subject to 184q so whether the amount received or credited to be considered for the purpose of limit of 50 lakhs i think by the time i think uh, as i told you as i mentioned you earlier uh, i think this has been the stand which they are taking right from 1994 when they introduced section 194 i from there onwards the same clarification when 184 c uh, per contract extended to aggregate of contracts in first october 2004 anything which they have introduced in between even in the case of 194 uh ie 194 n i think this has been i think we have to give it to the cbdd or the board here they have been consistent on this particular point that for the purposes of applying the threshold limit we will take from 1st of april though the section could be effective from the middle of the year so same point here so therefore 
you consider from 1st of April for the limit of 50 lakhs. Uh, so whether TDS is required to be collected or deducted on the amount in excess of 50 lakhs, I think uh, the same point should apply for uh, 184Q also. Now, this is a very interesting stand. I think uh, whether GST to be included for determining the turnover of gross receipts, etc. So uh, I, I think uh, this is something which, uh, you know, like uh, I used to also take in my, uh, my early days, uh, financial management also. Uh, I think one particular point uh, from a book called Wayne Horn uh, will be something which I always used to remember. Uh, some of you may be aware of a theory called a Modi Learning Miller theory or MM theory. So a Modi Learning Miller incidentally, they got a Nobel Prize for the contribution to finance. Uh, of course, I'm just sorry for diverting, but it's a very interesting point. I thought I can share it uh, in the context of this particular clarification. Uh, Modular and Miller used to argue that there is no capital structure is ideal. Every capital structure is an ideal capital structure. That is what that theory is all about. They'll always come back and uh, they say that uh, there is nothing called a debt equity at all. So I, any capital structure is ideal capital structure for which they say that uh, in case if you raise to the debt, the expectation of the equity shareholders will go up and their expectation will go up to such an extent or to borrow a more easier language the PE multiple will fall. So if you have a 100% equity, that company's PE multiple will be more than a company which has got a debt. So therefore, uh, if you raise through debt, your PE multiple will fall. And if you are going to have the vice versa, so at the end of the day, what they say that uh, the debt, there's nothing called uh, ideal debt equity ratio or ideal capital sector. All capital sectors will produce the same value to the firm only, uh, which is added by uh, EBITDA by the overall cost of capital. That's what his theory used to be. But this theory was before the introduction of tax. But after the introduction of tax, uh, they they used to say that you they will talk about what is the value of levered firm and what is the value of unlevered firm. And they will always come back and say the value of levered firm will be the value of unlevered firm plus the tax rate into the debt. If you apply this concept, you will always find the value of levered firm is going to be always more than value of unlevered firm. So Wayne Horn used to beautifully say, Modi and Miller have argued, they've argued that there is no capital structure is ideal and every capital structure will produce same results. But after the introduction of tax, when they gave the value of the firm, they said the value of levered firm will be added by value of unlevered firm plus tax into debt. That means if you apply this theory, always capital sector of debt of 100% will produce more value. So that means I consistently made an argument. I consistently made an argument that there is no ideal capital structure. But after the introduction of tax, the value of the firm goes up only when you have a hundred percent of debt. Though in reality, there cannot be a hundred percent debt possibility. Wayne Horn will write one line. This theory, Modi and Miller will find it difficult to digest even in the heaven. Beautiful wording, sir. This line, because I always argued 100 uh, no capital sector society, but when introduction of tax, my theory suggests that the value of a levered firm will always be more. So that means there is a capital sector. Now, why this particular point in the context of this? The board has maintained through the circular number one about 2014. Then you also had a 
uh, circular numbers uh, you already talked about 17 of 2020 also and in earlier circulars also we have made it very clear that gst should not be considered or indirect tax should not be considered for the purpose of tds but unfortunately in the case of 2061h they took a stand that tcs is inclusive of gst now they are faced with the same situation now in 194q see 194q and 2061h are Twins Only thing is that applicability is different, but they are more or less similar. Having taken a stand in the case of 2061H, all of us were wondered what stand they will take for 184Q. Will they go by their own circular which they have issued in TDS provisions or will they follow for this section alone? They will follow that. But they very uh, this particular situation. A draft of the circular will find it difficult to digest even in the heaven. So now, having already taken a stand that TDS provisions, TDS provisions will not cover the GST. So therefore, they are forced. So <clears throat> this is what they say. It is requested to clarify that whether adjustment is required to make for GST for purchase returns for the purpose of tax reduction to 194Q. White circular number 17 of 2020, dated 29 September 2020, has clarified that no adjustment on account of GST is required to be made for collection of tax under subsection 1H of 206C since the collection is made with reference to the receipt to the amount of sale concentration. Now, however, the situation is different so far as the TDS is concerned. It has been clarified in circular number 23 of 2017, dated 19th of July 2017. Wherever in terms of the agreement or contract between the payee and payer, a component of GST on services comprised in the amount payable to resident is indicated separately, then tax shall be deducted at source in the chapter 17V of the Income Tax Act on the amount paid or payable without including such GST on the class services component. So GST for this purposes shall include IGST, CGST, and STST. And what about 194Q? So therefore they said, so far 194Q accordingly, in the light of the clarification given under circle number 23 of 2017, we are not going to take the circle number 17 of 2020. So for 194Q, the tax is required to be at the time of credit of the amount in the account to the seller. And in terms of the agreement or contract between the buyer and seller, the component of GST comprised in the amount payable to the seller is indicated separately. Then tax shall be deducted under 194Q on the amount credited without including GST. So they have, uh, see, they are just trying, they having already given a circular. 17 of 2020, which contracted with their circular number 23 of 2017. They are caught in a bind now. Which one they should follow for 194Q? 194Q, if they take circular number 17, then circular number 20 becomes a problem. So, if they were a compromise, for number 17, and the section may ideally have been so then we have to take a stand despite the fact being that his contribution to finance is brilliant but 
the same bind is what cbnt was now they took a stand in 2017 a gst will not be considered and in 2020 they took a different stand for 2061h then suddenly they saddled with the same problem in 184q ipo iduva aduva edha solradhu edhula pottaan conflict so therefore they are just trying to the push you are very very so now or pudu invention managa so at the time of credit tds na they monday odachittu poi samalikkaduke epra samalikkaradhu ramatha for the credit if your invoice indicates separately gst they say tds is not required now they then added one beautiful twist there however if tds is deducted on payment basis because the payment is earlier than the credit the tax would be deducted on the whole amount as it is not possible to identify the payment with gst component the amount to be invoiced in future in the area the anjalich rupa na kudukra payment of advance tax i will take it as uh, 118 take 100 by 118 what is my problem in identifying the advance la en theriyadu gst purpose mod advance put apdi ketta porom kadaiyadha so therefore somewhere the problem is you took one stand and unfortunately took a different stand and now you have to saddle with the same problem adhe or adhum thappu idhum correct adindra mari or i'm trying to manage that's a classic example they're trying to manage the conflict and therefore they thought they would have managed the conflict i'll just leave it to your discretion whether they managed the conflict or they could have simply said we have made a mistake while clarifying in circle number 17 of 2020 that gst should not be included therefore we'll make amendment to that circular will be consistent simple amundirku adhu venanukku 23 part 2017 um venum 17 part 2020 venum so therefore how do i manage that in circle number 13 of 2021 so our circle number 13 of 2021 is a mix of 17 part 2020 and 23 of 2017 sama mix so credit lena gst venda payment basis na gst oda seethu da you have to deduct this some way or bayangaramana or concept avan so so if you are enak inda inda clarification paathona enak enna ariyama apdi inda ariya or idala solluvanga actually mayir koochiriyam kaatchigal adina adey namma nammal ariyama namma mudi adey sila samayangala the fights la paathana andha mari inda clarification paathona whatever little air i had in my this thing automatically nindichu apdi actually எப்படிங்கிறதுல See, you already made a purchase and you already deducted TDS. So at the time of purchase returns, where is the question of this? That's what they say. Already the TDS has been asked. Where is the question? Why you are asking such a silly question whether purchase returns are subject to TDS and all? How oh, this thing? So they said already put it. Now, what they are saying is that you, if the uh, amount is returned, it's a very interesting clarification. And if your purchase has returned, the money is refunded then a tax deducted may be adjusted against the next purchase again the same seller sorry next sale sale ore sales a iruke 
அடுத்த சேல்ஸே இது என்ன பண்றது ஸோ ஐ கேன் ப்ரிசியூம் தட் ஆல் மை பர்ச்சேஸ் அண்ட் சேல்ஸ் ஆர் ஆல்வேஸ் கொண்டு போய் கண்டினியூஸ்னு கிடையாது ஒன் டைம் பர்ச்சேசஸ் நம்ம பண்ணணும்னா என்ன பண்றது ஸோ வாட் தேர் சைங் ரீட் தி கிளாரிஃபிகேஷன் If that is the case and against this purchase return, the money is refunded by the seller, then this tax deducted may be adjusted against the next purchase against the same seller. No adjustment is required if the purchase return is replaced by the goods by the seller. As in that particular case, the purchase and tax was deducted in the 194Q has been completed with goods replaced. So, purchase return is not replaced by goods replaced by goods replaced by goods replaced by goods replaced by goods. suppose if you are returning the money so subsequently you adjust what if there is no this thing that's the question question mark will continue so whether sale of services is also called with section with the turnover from law also be included <clears throat> see i think this is what we sought as a clarification but i think the sink to have understood this question differently and gave a different clarification from what was sought i think what was sought and what was clarified in my view appears to be different it is clarified for the purpose of 194q of the act the buyer is required to have a total sales or gross receipts or turnover from the business carried on him exceeding 10 crores in the financial immediate facing financial year in which the purchase of goods is carried out so hence the sale or gross receipts or turnover from business carried on by him must exceed 10 crores is turnover or receipt from non business activity is not to be counted for the surplus i think i don't think that is our question we all know that non business activity will not consider so what has been sought as a clarification was selection as apply only for goods i may have services also as a part of my business just like just maybe a repetition uh, i gave a classic example of sale of computer along with the amc contract now their clarification is different from what is sought turnover or receipt from non business activity is not to be counted for this purpose that is not the question at all whether my uh, sales includes sales of goods services whether goods and services both will be considered for 10 crores what they are saying non business services i think they are trying to clarify suppose if you have a capital gains sale of land irukku அந்த சேல் ஆஃப் லேண்ட் எடுக்க வேண்டாம் அப்படின்றப்ப இருக்கு அது நம்ம நமக்கே தெரியுமாட்டிகேஷன்ட் so therefore they are trying to say that it is classified that the provisions of 194q the act shall not apply to a non resident whose purchase of goods from a seller resident in india is not effectively connected with the pe of such non resident in india so long as a non resident doesn't have a permanent establishment in india and if nothing do with the pe in india then 194q will apply so because if you see the section if if you take out the section payment made to a resident but section applies for both resident as well as a non resident recipient or resident are going to be there person making the payment can be both resident or non resident i think that's where they try to clarify here because uh, this clarification as you may be aware of it's also there in 194j uh, so if the payment is made through a regular banking channel tds is not required so it's there in 194j so also there now in 194q
So whether TDS is required to be deducted if the seller's income is exempt from tax, this is a very interesting question. To remove difficulty, it is clarified that the provisions of 184Q of the Act shall not apply on purchase of goods from a person being a seller who as a person is exempt from income tax under the Act, like person exempt under Section 10 or under any other Act passed by the Parliament like RBA, ADB Act, etc. The above clarifications would not apply if only part of the income of the person being a seller or being buyer, as the case may be, exempt from tax. That means, uh, so what? My understanding by the person exempt from tax. So there are a lot of uh, sections which give exemption for a coffee board and certain institutions are exempt from tax. I think that is what they are trying to say here. So for so those persons, they are exempt from tax as an institution. Uh, so, in those cases, uh, the question of TDS does not arise. Uh, that, that's what the understanding is not about ACZ. I think they are talking about the persons who are the person as such is exempt from tax. Whereas 10 uh, <clears throat> W and all is not a person exempt. It is actually the unit is exempt from tax. It's, it's not the person who is exempt from tax. So therefore, uh, when I refer to 261H, whether sale to AZZ, whether it's subject to 261H. At that point of time, where my reference uh, also refer the clarification under 194Q. If you look at 10AA, 10AA is not an exemption for the person. 10AA is an exemption for a unit, for a business unit located in AZZ. It's not an exemption for those. For example, Infosys will get exemption 10AA, but Infosys as a person is not exempt from tax. That's what I must understand. Uh, to uh, take a very simple point, uh, more in easier to understand, what if you take 44AD, 44AD says the section will apply to all business except the business covered in 44A. But then if you go to 44AD subsection 6, there they will specify if you are a person carrying on agency business or deriving income from commission, then 44AD is not applicable. So, if you look at subsection 6, it talks about persons who are not eligible for 44AD. That means if I have an agency business, if I'm also doing a trading business, but I can't choose 44AD for trading business at all because I am a person who derive income from commission. That means the moment I derive income from commission, I as a person not eligible for 44AD at all. If I have a 44A profession, if I have a commission income or agency income, then I am completely out of 44AD as a person. But as a business, except 44A, all businesses are eligible for AD. So that's the easier section for us to understand the difference between eligible business and eligible person. So here also, if you look at, so what they are talking about, they are talking about the persons who are exempt under 10. 10 AA is not exempting a person. 10 AA is only exempting the unit or a business. So therefore, if you are in 10 AA, I don't think you can use the circular. But if you are like a, a, a person who is exempt, like a tea board or a coffee board, a lot of institutions are exempt from tax in the provisions. So if you are completely exempt from tax, then in those circumstances, uh, you can't apply 194Q. And this is also going to be applicable for 2061H also. So uh, just a very quick uh, comparison between the two sections.
So 172021, first October 2020, buyer, seller, rate is same, credit or payment, whichever is earlier, receipt of consideration. Sale or gross receipt, the turnover in the preceding financial year should exceed 10 crores. Here, the sale or gross overs, the preceding financial year exceed 10 crores, same. But only thing is that here, the buyer should satisfy the condition. Here, the seller should satisfy the condition. Purchase value should exceed 50 lakhs. There, the receipt of consideration should exceed 50 lakhs. So, <clears throat> again, the statement to be filed and all those things which are there, which are procedural. So, <clears throat> uh, one or two examples to appreciate uh, which section will apply. Turnover for the buyer in the previous year, 12 crores. Turnover of the seller in the previous year, the only one point which I uh, not mentioned in the circle of all clarify that if you are in the first year of business, then the provisions will not apply. Both 194 and 206-1H because the threshold limit has to be seen in the preceding financial year. So if this is your first year, definitely the provisions of 194 and 206-1H will not apply. So turnover for the buyer in the previous year, 12 crores. Turnover for the seller in the 15 crores. Amount of purchase 49 lakhs. This is the question of applying the section does not arise because of the fact that uh, the, the conditions are twin. So you have to apply <clears throat> both the conditions must be satisfied. So here uh, the second example buyer and seller both cross the 10 crore limit and the purchase bar received amount is 50 lakhs. Now both 194Q and 206C1H both are applicable in this particular case. So the question which arises is now which section should apply as we already mentioned and discussed 194Q alone will apply but the board has clarified that in the event of seller already collected 20671H then you don't have to apply 194Q but for some reason TCS has already been collected then 194Q will not apply this is there in the board circle number 13 but 2020. So buyer 9 crores, seller 15 crores so, therefore, now seller alone satisfies with the condition. So, therefore, 206C1H will apply. Uh, receipt of consideration is 50 lakhs. We apply 0.5% of 2 lakhs. Turnover of the buyer at 10, including GST of 0.5. Turnover of the seller is 15. And uh, amount of purchase, amount received 52 lakhs. So, here, if we exclude the GST, it comes to only 9.5. So, therefore, the condition is satisfied only by the seller. Therefore, 2060 1H will apply. So, <clears throat> so these are about the uh, two interesting sections of 194Q and 2060 1H. So, the uh, section which has been widely talked about, but when I was speaking in the Madurai branch uh, on June 12th. That point out to myself, I uh, told very clearly, you don't have to worry about, there will be a utility similar to that of 194N will come. So let's not worry about the applicable the section. Uh, but however, for some reason, uh, a lot of mailers came to all of us, uh, gave your income tax returns, give your this thing, all this stuff. Uh, I think the board has tweeted long back, as soon as the section, after the new portal came into effect, we facilitate this. I think we can't fault the department here. Though some people were uh, in the WhatsApp university were saying, oh, no, this they could have given long back. I think they've already tweeted long back that we will give the utility of checking whether the section is applicable or not. That they were long back tweeted. 
Only thing is that they also said after the new portal was ready, we'll do that. I think uh, somewhere people have missed that particular point. I, I won't fault the board for this because they've already clarified this particular point. So nevertheless, we'll just try to understand the section because a lot of questions keep coming on this particular section. So whether <clears throat> the TDS under chapter 17B is required directed by a person for a specific person, we take from 1st July 2021. So therefore, to apply the 206AB, the TDS under chapter 17B is required directed by a person for a specific person with effect from 1st July 2021. So if the section is applicable on payment basis, the payment should be made on or after 1-7-2021. If the section is on credit or payment, whichever is earlier, so it will be on that basis from 1st July 2020. A person who has not filed income tax return for the two previous years immediately prior to the previous year in which tax has to be deducted. And the aggregate value of TDS and GCS in his case is INR 50,000 or more in each of such previous years. So you have not filed the tax returns for the two previous years immediately prior to the previous year in which the TDS has to be deducted. And the aggregate value of TDS and TCS in that case is 50,000 more on each of such years. So the conditions are cumulative. You should not have filed the return for the two previous years immediately prior to the previous year in which tax has to be deducted. And the aggregate value of TDS and TCS in this case is 50,000 more on each of such previous years. So I think the simple way in which you can go about the section, use the utility of the uh, the income tax department and then decide rather than going by the merits of the section. Uh, <clears throat> so the uh, rate will depend upon whether 206 AA applies or not. 206 AA provides for the high rate of tax uh, in case PAN or other number is not furnished. So if PAN or other number is already furnished and 206 AA does not apply, the higher of the following, twice the rate specified in the relevant provisions of the Act, twice the rates in force or at the rate of 5%. If 206W also applies, either 206AB or 206AA, whichever is high. Uh, I think it's, in my view, it's another needless section at this point in time. I don't think these are the sections which are needed at the COVID times, uh, even any time. But more important during the COVID times, these are all uh, unnecessary complaints burden. And I don't know why we need to use tedious for the provisions of complaints. They already have enough uh, uh, bandwidth or enough information, enough data analysis to do this. And I think making the tedious as a mechanism to do it is very, very unfortunate. But yeah, be that way, that is the case they have followed. So uh, this section is not applicable for 192, 192A, 194B, BB, LBC, and 194N. So these sections are not covered by 206AB. So all these questions, as I said, are very, very uh, easy to <clears throat> apply go to utility. But a couple of challenges could be, suppose if the person is not required to file the tax returns as per section 139.1, suppose if his income has not exceeded the basic exemption limit. In those circumstances, uh, so the question, can we apply to not 6AB? That is the only problem because his income is below taxable limit, and if he has not filed the tax returns for the last two years, uh, you can't apply this particular section. So, so therefore, uh, this is going to be a very difficult point. The utility may not throw this particular point. So, therefore, in that particular case, we have to exercise the discretion, and then still remain without deducting the higher rates. Uh, but I think we need to 
take enough documentation support for the non-compliance part of it. This problem could be also there in the case of uh, uh, non-residents who may not be required to file the tax returns also. But as I told you, this is something which uh, could have been a section which could have been avoided for the time being. I don't think the section is needed at this point in time. So what we need is a more simple 184Q, 206-1H, 206-AB. All the sections can wait. Uh, I don't think 2020 or 2021 is the right time to introduce these kind of sections. And this is another uh, very interesting section, 194P, reduction of tax in the case of specified senior citizen. So senior citizen aged 75 and above not required to file written of income. So when this speech was made, now in the 75th year of independence of our country, when we continue our endeavor with the renewed vigor, we shall reduce the compliance burden on our senior citizens for 75 years of age and above. For senior citizens who only have pension and interest income, I propose exemption from filing their income tax returns. A paying bank will detect the necessary tax on their income. So when this budget proposal were there, uh, this was the faces how these two senior citizens were absolutely very happy. You can see their face. They're smiling. Oh, finally, somebody has uh, taken care of us. So a lot of, uh, it's there include the budget speech also. So, so therefore, I think the intent was very good. I think we must appreciate the intent was very good. But I think the problem was only the execution. Now, this is the reaction post on seeing the section, how it works. So the previous photo is after reading the budget speech, after listening to the budget speech. So this is post. Now look at what is the section says. He has pension income and no other income. However, in addition to such pension income, he may also have interest income from the same bank in which he is receiving pension income. Question number one, how many people with 75 years and above first file the tax returns? Statistics you all have. How many people are going to have this? Why waste the time in the budget speech? I also have one section. And then the government will notify specified banks. The declaration to be furnished to the specified bank. The declaration shall contain such particulars in such form and verified in such manner as may be prescribed. The specified bank, after considering chapter 6 reductions and 87, compute the total income of the senior citizen, deducted income tax at the rate force. If all this are done, written off income is not required for the relevant assessment here. The details la bank that is more easier. And secondly, expecting the banker, oh, I think how many work they will do? It's a needless burden on them also. And seeing all these conditions are going to be very the intent is beautiful. I think the idea was good, but I think they lost in the execution part of it. So Already we are talking about pre-filled incomes. pension already all information is got there and the CA is going to do in five minutes time. Instead of going to the bank and giving all this, bank risk At least chartered accountants office for the risk. COVID situation. When the bank in the details of furnished money, So the idea was brilliant. But I think somewhere uh, execution, there was a problem. I think we have to give them 
some time. Let's see that whether this uh, section undergoes some modification for the next year to serve its truly purpose. I think uh, the speech, everything was fantastic. Uh, uh, I think we had to uh, really execute the way in which is conceived. Conceived to execution or challenger grammar in the details law. I think it's an additional burden needlessly on the bankers also. I don't think the section serves any purpose. Intent was good, execution was bad. So <clears throat> my last section for this, if you look at the 194P, as it said, notwithstanding within containing the provisions of chapter 17B, the case of a specified senior citizen, the specified bank shall after giving effect to the reduction allowable under chapter 68, and rebate allowable at 87 compute the total income of such specified senior citizen for the relevant assessment and deduct income tax on such total income on the basis of principles. I feel more than the specified bank. The chartered accountants are more competent to do this, more knowledge to do this, and expecting a banker to understand the provisions of income tax is very, very unfair. The provisions of section 139 shall not apply to the specified senior citizen for the assessment relevant to the previous year, in which such tax has been deducted under subsection. Oh, <clears throat> again, there is a problem. You have already said section 139 is not applicable to them. Now, what will happen now? You will apply 206AB because on this basis, let's assume for a moment they go to the banker and I given all these details with all complexity relating to section. Let's assume the senior citizen goes here and gives all these things and uses 194P. And in the income tax portal, you will not find this person to file the tax returns. So therefore, what will happen? Do not say JB will apply, and therefore, all the more they are not going to use the section. So I think there is a clear conflict, and these are all have to be factored, and uh, we will hope that will serve the purpose. So look at just for the fun of it, we can read specified beings by banking company central government notified specified seniors in me individual being resident in India whose age of seventy five years or more at any time during the previous year having income in the nature of pension and no other income except income in the nature of interest received or receivable from any account maintained by such individual in the same specified bank. See, the, the, the bank which gives the pension, which most of them are the public sector banks, they don't give more than 2.53% interest. Some private banks give 5%, 6%, 7%, even the SP. Oh, is it a crime for them to for their, put their hard-earned money in some other bank? I think one cannot understand this logic at all. Very, very unfortunate. I think we should uh, definitely uh, give the senior citizen uh, the real intent has to be uh, satisfied there. I think the intent was good. The start was there. Let's hope in the coming budget it's all the purpose. My last section, 184N, though its section is already there uh, from 1st July 2020. Uh, was introduced in 1st September 2019. Every bank cooperative society engaged in banking or post office required direct tax at source. Rate at which tax is required at the rate of 2% if the aggregate of cash withdrawn in the financial year exceeds 1 crore. This was the original section from 1st September 2019 to 30th June 2020. Now from 1st July 2020, the existing section continues plus one additional point. If written off income is not filed for all the three previous years, now this in contract distinction to 206 AB, which uses the word you not filed in the two previous years. Therefore, if you are filed in one year also, I feel 206 AB will not apply. But whereas in 194N, 
if return of income is not filed for all the three previous years preceding the previous year in which the payment of such income is made again we have another problem suppose assume i deduct uh, i withdraw cash from the bank today for which the time limit for filing the tax return is not yet over now they say the return of income is not filed for all the three previous years i filed for the previous two years third year my due date itself has not come now is an extended due date is there if in this between period we do this what will happen 2% of the amount paid exceeds 20 lakhs but does not exceed 1 crore or 5% if the amount paid exceeds 100 lakhs any other case 2% of so that means they retain the section this is a precursor so always you will find 2061h tomorrow precursor kuduthu paakalam how is the people reaction they keep quiet introduce 194q also then you just give a 194n again no much of a criticism then introduce an extended version of the first year 2020 so here if return of income is not filed for all the three previous preceding the previous in which payment of such sum is made 2% between 20 lakhs to 1 crore 5% the amount exists 100 lakhs in any case two percent that means existing section continues but for non filers so we are using the tds as a route to regularize so that is seems to be the sum and substance of all the trying with the 206 ab 194 and all of them seem to be just giving a message yes there is a need for you guys to file the tax returns but the challenge is you also considered the previous or preceding the previous year for which the due date itself would not have expired so ideally what section should have said the previous year preceding the adukku munadi so therefore the last previous year they should exclude of course they want you to rely on the utility i think the utility will factor this particular point so <clears throat> i think uh, this functionality with they all talk about this what i was talking about in the madurai branch also likewise they will have a utility that's what eventually happened in the case of 206 ab also so so with this i think i will just uh, so give it back to the branch chairman or the person so uh, to hand over the proceedings thank you thanks for your uh, patience uh, as always in a great pleasure in interacting with all of you uh, over to the branch or further thank you sir uh, thank you very much for your elaborate uh, address on this particular topic members if you have any doubt or if you uh, want to any clarification sir is available you can clarify your doubts now either you can give it in chat box or you can unmute your mic and you can ask
Members, do you have any clarification, Mark? Sir, one question in a chat box. Hmm. One member asked that uh, our turnover is more than 10 crore. We are paying 4 crore electricity to Tangitco. Will 194Q will apply? I think the, there is a clarification relating to electricity. So the 184Q will not apply as Power uh, the board has already clarified this particular. Suresh, sir, or clarification. Hello, sir. I'm a petrol bank dealer. Very. We are supplying it to corporations. Hmm. Petrol, diesel, la supply control. Hmm. My turnover exceeds 50 crores. That's supply control on the company. You know, the turnover is not a but uh, the corporation is not a good thing. It's 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 Corporation comes under exemption under 10 of the Income Tax Act. See, no, are they, no. oh, see whether that particular corporation, like as I said, in the coffee board, tea board, are they coming under the... Hey, Madras Corporation, Corporation, they are not taxable. So therefore, the question of applying the board is clarified. The corporation, I, when you talked about corporation, I thought, uh, then but Chennai corporation, they are not 10, 20, they are exempted. So they are exempted. They have to file the return. Uh, I think 10, 20, I don't think they have to the compulsory mandate to 139, one series. So they are file file I think our the utility level are not Last clarification like here, can't tell you what the purpose of that. Right. See, the question, two point to the sir. One is the board is very clearly said 194Q will not apply. So we are talking about 296AB 194Q on the other question. Yes, yes, yes. If you are talking about 194Q, ah. the question does not arise because of the fact they are. Uh, local authorities are exempt from tax specifically. Ah. They are a person exempt from tax. Correct. That's so, so therefore, the question of applying the section does not arise. Oh. Because they are a non-filer 206AB Varuma Abhindra, I think when I'm not required to file, I mean, I, see, procedural as a soldier, if you look at 139,484,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
suppose if we if they transfer that uh, script to some other importers uh, license sales on the real argument sir other content in my view that is not uh, uh, goods within the meaning of 194 q or okay. 2061 h to attract section okay அதனுடைய டர்னோவர் அதனுடைய சேல்ஸ் انا டர்னோவருக்கு எடுத்துக்கலாமான்றதுல வேணா ஒரு क्वेश्चन வரலாமே தவிர நான் ஃபார் தி பர்பஸ் ஆஃப் கிளைன்ஸ் டிசிஎஸ் க்கு அந்த சேல் பார்க்க வேண்டியது இல்ல இல்ல அட அதுதான் क्वेश्चन அக்கா கூப்டாங்க ஓகே थैंक यू ஆமா ஓகே இது வேலைய இருக்கீங்கன்னு அக்கா கூப்டாங்க கண்டாங்க செந்தில் சார் மியூட் பண்ணிக்கங்க சார் செந்தில் குமார் மியூட் ஆல் பண்ணுங்க சார் அந்த சாட் அந்த எலக்ட்ரிசிட்டி அந்த கொஸ்டின்லேயே இன்னொரு கொஸ்டின் அவங்க கேட்டிருக்காங்க சார் கரண்ட்லி டேஞ்சிக்கோ இஸ் சார்ஜிங் டூ நாட் சார்ஜிங் டூ நாட் சிக்ஸ்டி ஒன் ஹெச் டில் லாஸ்ட் மந்த் வி ஆர் பர்ச்சேசிங் ஹெச்டி டைரக்ட்லி ஸோ வில் ஒன் நைன்டி ஃபோர் கியூ அப்ளிகபிள் ஃப்ரம் ஜூலை டுவெண்ட்டி ஒன் ஸோ See, if they have a board of clarification, they are saying that 2061H by chance they are charged by chance. So, therefore, if they continue to charge, you don't have to do it. So, we need not to charge. We need not to charge. We need not to charge. Power exchange is tangent for public development. Power exchange is purchased. வழியா <coughs> <coughs> chairman shall we conclude on behalf of uh, our tripur branch of scrc of icai i convey my great thanks to our today's uh, speaker catg suresh sir for immediately accepted our invitation and addressed our members on this uh, various clarifications regarding tds and tcs thank you sir thank you very much uh, thank you and I, and i also thank all the members who joined for this seminar and your patient listening and i thank all our branch staffs who made arrangements for conducting this uh, cpe seminar through virtual mode thank you thank you one and all thank you sir thank you